This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Thursday, July 28, 2016. I'm Caleb Brown. Hillary Clinton says she supports entrepreneurs who see opportunity in every problem. But what if the solution to a problem complicates efforts to clamp down on independent contractors? Jared Meyer is author of a new monograph entitled Uber Positive, Why Americans Love the Sharing Economy. We spoke last month. When I've heard Hillary Clinton make reference to the gig economy, it, it never seems like it's a pejorative. And your, But your argument is that Hillary doesn't like Uber or so-called sharing economy uh, apps and those kinds of things. Why, why do you say that she doesn't like it? But when you look at when Hillary Clinton's talking about the sharing economy, she says that it raises tough questions about the future of work. And what she's really doing is looking back at the 1950s economy and wishing that we could put in place policies that would tie workers to one employer and really make sure that everyone has a boss. So her problem with the sharing economy or the gig economy, as she refers to it, is that workers have complete flexibility and they're working as independent contractors rather than employees. What is her concern, do you think? Her main concern is that independent contractors under federal labor law aren't allowed to collectively bargain. So they can join a union such as the Growing Freelancers Union, but they can't collectively bargain. And this makes sense. What has she said about that? So what uh, Hillary has been pushing is that we need workers to have protections on the job regardless of what type of work they do. And she says that employers, including Uber, Lyft, companies like that, when they're classifying their workers as independent contractors, and I would argue correctly, that they're actually misclassifying them and taking advantage of workers. Okay, so she's pushing what now? What she wants is uh, for the people who work in the sharing economy to be classified as employees. And if you look at what Elizabeth Warren said, kind of following on what Hillary Clinton was arguing, she argues that these employ uh, these companies, Uber, Lyft, the whole sharing economy, TaskRabbit, what they're doing is trying to bring us back to a time when all economic growth you know, went to the top 10%, she said in her speech at New America's Foundation, and also argued that it's nothing more than another way that capitalists are able to take advantage of workers. And what is the contra evidence to that? Well, I think you can just look at the workers themselves. I mean, over half of Uber drivers work under 10 hours a week. 80% of Lyft drivers work under 15 hours a week. And consistently, surveys have found that people working in the sharing economy value flexibility above all else. So instead of embracing the changing economy, which I know especially young people who two-thirds want to own their own business at some point, instead of allowing them to follow their entrepreneurial dreams, politicians such as Hillary Clinton, Elizabeth Warren, Bernie Sanders, they want to bring us back to the old economy and want to make sure that everyone has a boss. All right. So wouldn't that – you would imagine that uh, Democratic voters, especially young Democratic voters, people that Bernie Sanders and Hillary Clinton would like to turn out on their behalf would seem to be exactly the constituency for things like Uber and Lyft and Airbnb and TaskRabbit and any number of other uh, – pieces of technology that essentially put customers with providers. Yeah, you find a major split between supporters of Bernie Sanders and then what Bernie Sanders is saying. He even told Bloomberg, I'm no fan of Uber. You can quote me on that. That was his thoughts on the sharing economy, and he called it unregulated. But looking at a recent Pew survey, it found that about twice the number of respondents who used ride sharing didn't want the services to be regulated just like taxis were. And this cut across partisan lines. The same 
same pattern was found with uh, respondents who self-identified as progressive or Democrat. But yet, when you have Bernie Sanders saying that it's unregulated or Elizabeth Warren arguing that these companies fight against regulations to level the playing field between them and taxis, you see a complete split. Now, in particular with Airbnb, the same argument applies. That is, hotels have to jump through a lot of regulatory hoops that individuals with homes and rooms to rent or apartments to rent don't have to do that. Yeah, and you see a lot of people arguing for Airbnb to have to collect, for example, the hotel tax that a lot of localities use to really take it to tourists. But the other argument is we could get rid of these other taxes. Or when it comes to Uber and taxis, we could get rid of all the requirements on fares or what the cars have to do or minimum work hours or all these things that taxi drivers have to cut through where Uber drivers are able to work whenever they want and really with just the bare level of uh, insurance requirements or uh, background checks to ensure that public safety is fine. And just look at the record. I mean, New York City's police commissioner even told young women to not take yellow taxis by themselves because taxi drivers in New York are the number one cause of sexual assaults by strangers. But yet every time you hear about one case of a bad Uber driver, this makes the news. If you commit a crime while driving in Uber or while hosting someone with Airbnb, you must want to get caught. And the, the reverse applies as well. If you're trying to rip somebody off, Uber is probably not a very good uh, way to do it if you bring in a car because you've, you've got a credit card on file and then in some cases they've got a picture of you. Yeah, your identity is verified. And then contrast that to the previous economy where you had a bunch of anonymous transactions going on. I mean, if I was trying to think of a place to commit a crime, I really couldn't come up with one better than a, the inside of a taxi cab. The trips are anonymous, drivers carry lots of cash, and of course all this is corrected with the sharing economy. But it goes beyond that. Increased consumer trust in service providers and the ability of people to find the services that they're looking for, this is really where we see the benefits of the sharing economy, and it all comes from lower transaction costs. So when progressive politicians are waging a war against lower transaction costs, I mean, that's pretty close to just the definition of fighting progress. Okay. So, uh, Elizabeth, you you singled out three people there, Hillary Clinton, Elizabeth Warren, and Bernie Sanders, and and you say they sort of speak with one voice when it comes to uh, these kinds of so-called 1099 workers, people who are independent contractors? Uh, I would say they have a lot of the similar concerns and similar themes, but not everyone's as bad as Bernie Sanders, where he's a Luddite and just says he doesn't like Uber, he's not a fan of it. If you looked at Elizabeth Warren's speech or when Hillary Clinton's talking about the future of the economy, they bring up that there's a lot of promising things going on, but their paramount concern is security for workers. Again, making sure that they have a boss and that they are then uh, going through all the federal requirements that come with employment. But if you look at what workers want, this is not what they're driving towards. I mean, people want to work these part-time jobs so they can make income on the side and really work for themselves rather than being tied to an employer. And Hillary should understand this of all people. Since she left the White House, over 99% of her and Bill's income has come from 1099 income. Some speeches. Yeah, yes, speeches, book deals, consulting, all of these types of things. And when she was asked about it uh, to defend her speeches that she gave to Goldman Sachs, she said a lot of people after they leave public life decide to go and work for a company. But she said, you know, I thought I wanted to just work for myself instead. Well, what about all the other people who want to do that? We need to keep this option open for the rest of Americans. There are, as far as I know, no limits on the amount of time an Uber driver, Lyft driver can spend on the road. 
Uh, and of course, President Obama has asked that uh, these uh, new overtime rules, which uh, could be fairly punitive for a lot of employers, uh, be applied uh, more broadly. So how does that apply to people who are driving as independent contractors for Lyft and Uber? Presumably it doesn't. Well, it wouldn't apply to them as long as they remain independent contractors. But the Department of Labor is doing everything it can to tilt the scale towards an employer-employee relationship. We see them bringing up a six-part test to try to determine which type of uh, relationship workers are in, but then downplaying a lack of control over workers' hours. So now that they're saying, even though sharing economy companies don't control how much you work, that shouldn't factor into the decision of if someone's an independent contractor or an employee. And keep in mind, if it does, if we end up making sharing economy workers employees, it will truly destroy the growth that we've seen in the sharing economy that has benefited so many Americans. Jared Meyer is a fellow at the Manhattan Institute. Subscribe to this podcast at iTunes, Google Play, and with Cato's iOS app. And follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast.